All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to uh, our uh, little fantasy football podcast. Uh, we're thinking about naming this the Three Man Weave. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, give us your thoughts on that. And we're so excited to have uh, the president of our club, Paul Agrippo, here as our guest. What's going on, guys? I'm happy to be here. You guys are doing an awesome job, so I wanted to contribute and be a part of it. All right, thank you, thank man. You. We're excited to get into it. And today we're going to start off the podcast with a little debate on the brotherly shove. And I think I'm going to let Dot uh, lead this one off because he has a lot of thoughts on it. I do. I do. The brotherly shove, I've got, I've got some strong feelings. I think it should 100% be banned. It should have been banned after the Super Bowl last year. It's The NFL, it's in the entertainment business. This is this must be an entertaining product. It's not an entertaining play. Like, it's, it's just the biggest guys pushing Jalen Hurts forward. And it's not good content. This is not what the NFL is about. It's too effective as well. 92% on third and ones. That's ridiculous. That's like the most effective play in NFL history. And it's and not that's even just for the Eagles. Just it's, for the Eagles, yeah. But it's actually 81% effective for the rest of the league, whoever runs it. Still ridiculous. No, it is. Yeah. Still wild. And it's not even a football play. That's a rugby scrum. That's just, <laughs> that's, that's going back to, it's Australia. It's going back to just straight rugby scrums. I think it should be gone. I think it's NFL's a lot better without it. And I think the rule isn't that difficult to make. I just think you you limit the amount of people in the backfield that can like push a quarterback. And I think you can still have plays where the like pile gets pushed. Like let's say like it's like Jonathan Taylor running and he gets stopped like right before the first down marker and O linemen come through, push him forward. That I think is still a normal play. But this whole like getting third and ones automatic, I think it's awful. I think NFL should ban it. I think it's not an entertaining play. What do we what do we think here? I got a thought on this. I just think I'm for this, and I think uh, it comes down to one main reason for me. I think that the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the entire NFL. And, you know, they spend their money on the, uh, the O-line. They spend their resources, everything. They want the good O-line. I mean, we see it in the run game. We see it in the pass protection. So I think that if you are willing and... Uh, wanting to put your resources into the O-line, then you should be able to do things like that. Because I understand that it's not aesthetically pleasing. Um, And there was a rule that the NFL actually changed where you couldn't be pushing players from behind to get that extra yard. But they did change it. I mean, that is before this uh, brotherly shove uh, came into fruition and took the NFL by storm. But, I mean, it's football. I don't really like the aesthetically uh, pleasing argument um, the only argument I would say that I think about uh, that might be uh, considered for taking under review is there has been a lot of injuries. Uh, we saw Daniel Bellinger and John Michael Schmitz for the New York Giants go yep. down on the same play uh, doing this uh, brotherly shove, if you will. So that is something maybe the NFL can address to make it a little safer. But I just think since teams are trying to put this into effect and using their O-line for what an O-line is supposed to be doing, um, I have a hard time trying to outlaw it. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I say the question that we have to ask here, is it affecting the quality of the game? Um, So I kind of related this back to the shift in baseball, where um, it was really affecting the uh, offensive output in the MLB. And as you were saying, the... um, NFL is an entertainment uh, industry, and um, I think that the NFL will be weary to ban a play that keeps offensive drives going. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do I personally think it should be banned? I would say it'll be it's a little too soon. 
Uh, I think we have to wait for NFL defenses to try and adjust to this, yep. um, create a yeah. play or uh, a package that can maybe um, attempt to stop this. Yeah. Uh, now, if it's another two years where this play is having a 80% success rate, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe then you can consider it. But I personally think that uh, it'll be too soon if we do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the shift, the teams in the MLB tried to just move their players right before the second base bag if they wanted to shift. Um, so that just makes another question. Will teams just figure out another loophole to keep this play going if it is banned? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to agree with Paul and Enzo as well. I, I don't think it should be banned just yet. I think the biggest thing is just because it's such a new play, like defenses aren't fully capable of adapting to it just yet. Um, I think as time goes on and like this play gets take, uh, run more and more teams and defen- uh, defensive lines, um, we'll come up with packages and plays and uh, new ways to try and stop this play. And even if it does get banned, I mean, it essentially just goes back to the uh, the old-fashioned QB sneak sort of thing, one-yard QB sneak, um, which I still feel like was a pretty effective play during its time. Um, this play obviously is far more effective just because you get that push factor at the end. Um, but again, I don't, I don't see this as like a non-football play. Um, I think that the NFL should keep it for now. Um, especially at least for the next two to three years, unless like there does some like injury controversy comes up about it. Um, but for now, I don't think there's really anything wrong with it. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like if this number goes from like 80, 90% down to 60, 70, then I think I rescind my point because yeah. I feel like that's just a normal QB sneak. Because as yeah. Enzo said too, like, are just as effective. Enzo yeah. said like the reason the Eagles can run it so effectively yeah. is because of their such strong offensive line. When I watched the Giants do it in their exactly. last yeah. second to last ranked <laughs> offensive line, they can't run it. That's the thing. Yeah. Like that's what makes the Eagles running it so effective. Yeah, and um, it's just is like, their offensive line. Yeah, I just think it comes down to again, just the Eagles want to spend their money on their O line. How is that any different from another team wanting to spend their money on you know? blazing wide receivers or exactly. a really good back or, you know, a, a unstoppable defense, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something like that. I just think that's a big point that not uh, doesn't really get brought up a lot in this conversation. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, coming into our uh, start sits here, come my start for the week, not exactly Dot's hottest take here. Uh, <laughs> I've got Jordan Addison, wide receiver 31 on the year, and it's pretty simple. JJ is on the IR, I think. I think it's too less, too not too weak to call him a start. I think he's a must start in every league that you can find him in. Ten men, eight men, twelve men. I think you cannot sit him no matter what. And they play the Bears. They're ranked second against the pass in the NFL, and it's most likely to be a shootout because the Vikings defense isn't exactly lighting the world up as well. And I feel that Addison's going to be uh, Kirk Cousins' number one target. And some could argue, you know, is. Kirk the reason that the Vikings pass so well, or is it Jettas? You know, does the chicken come for the egg? Which one is the actual um, catalyst there? And I feel like even if it is Jettas, I still think Addison, monster game, will have a bunch of targets, and I think he's a must-start in any league you can find him in. Can I just ask you, what do you, do you think KJ Osborne might have an effect on uh, Jordan Addison's target share? Or Hawkinson. I definitely do. I think I, like I think KJ is somebody they can't take off the field. They love KJ yeah, Osborne. Love KJ. I'm not sure why. And I think Hawkinson will have relatively the same role as before. Maybe he'll have more targets, but I feel like they're going to script more for Addison mm-hmm. instead of scripting more for Hawkinson because I feel like that tight end route like positioning and those like, script routes won't change much. 
Hmm. But they might call more scripted players to the tight end, so you never know. But I feel like Jordan Addison spent a first-round pick on him. Yeah. They invested capital. I feel like they have to use him now that their number one guy is gone. He'll essentially be taking all of Jeff, uh, Jefferson's targets and so. receptions. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, so my start for the week, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, Jaguars wide receiver Christian Kirk going up against the Colts this week. Um, their pass defense is ranked 28th in the league. Um, they allow about 263 passing yards per game. Um, Kirk didn't have the, a great game uh, the first time they faced the Colts, um, but since then his targets and receptions have gone up uh, throughout the season so far. He's averaged nine targets and six receptions per game, um, which is a pretty high target share for a pretty stacked wide receiver room. You know, you guys, guys like Calvin Ridley, uh, Zay Jones coming back, and then you got Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne too. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he still is Trevor Lawrence's number one target. Um, on, on top of that, I think overall the Jaguars just have a favorable matchup this week. Um, I could see this being a high-scoring game for them, especially coming off a big week against the Bills. Um, I could definitely see Kirk having a touchdown in probably six, seven receptions. Mm, I like that. Uh, and so my start of the week is Gabe Davis from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I am a Giants fan, so it's kind of <laughs> tough to pick against my team here, but yep. how can you not? Exactly. Um, so Gabe Davis already has four touchdowns this year. Um, and I think we kind of all know him as like kind of an explosive player. Uh, he gets those big plays for the Bills. Um, and the Giants seem to like to give up big plays. They they do not care. And you saw it last week against the Dolphins. They had yep. Tyreek Hill have the big play. Um, Raheem Mostert got, yeah. got, a, got a big play. A-chain, too. Yep. Yeah. So you, they can just go all over the Giants' defense. Um, this game's in Buffalo. Uh, the Giants' offense is never on the field. Um so there will be a lot of Buffalo offense. Uh, so I personally believe that Gabe Davis Davis will um, have the second most amount of attention on the field um, with Stephon Diggs there. Mm. So I think Gabe Davis will be targeted a lot. Uh, he'll score his fifth touchdown of the year, um, get his big plays in. Uh, and on ESPN, he was predicted 11.47 fantasy points uh, with three receptions, 51 yards. I'm going over 19 fantasy points mm-hmm. with five receptions, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like to load Davis, it up. I think he's had that's a touchdown it. in each of his four games, or last four games. Yeah, right? he's, he's definitely getting that's one this week. That's a little projection of ESPN. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Giants? against the Giants, too. Crazy. Unless I was mistaken, but... Stephon taking all the targets. That's wild. Yeah. All right, and uh, for my start, the last one of the segment... I don't think a lot of people are going to like it. Uh, it's Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, God. <laughs> now, just hear me out. I got a lot of the stats Patriots. on this. Great Patriots do re- offense. Oh, do you God. remember what Ramondre Stevenson did to the Las Vegas Raiders last year? I do not, know. Uh, 172 total yor- yards and got in the end zone. So just just want to point this out. Las Vegas has a weaker defense. Their third down conversion or their opponent's third down conversion rate is 41, around 41.5%. Uh, that's ranked number 22 in the NFL. Their opponent's red zone, red zone scoring percent is rated 66.67%, uh, and that's ranked number 25 in the NFL. And the uh, opponent's TD, TDs per game is 2.6, which is good for uh, the number 20th worst defense in the NFL. Um, I, it's hard to bet a uh, root for the Patriots this year, uh, as we just saw them get outscored, what, like 75-3 to three in their last two games around there? They're a pretty brutal team, a pretty br- brutal watch, but... Something I will say, a lot of people always talk about, you know, when a coach leaves and goes to another team and then plays them, oh, well, they know exactly how to stop their old team and this and that. But 
I think we can all agree, even though Bill Belichick has had some shortcomings the last three years, he's still a better coach than Josh McDaniels. Oh, and he's a better game manager. So I think he's going to get the best of Josh McDaniels here. I think the Patriots are going to bounce back. Um, I think I think Ramondre's a good play here. He also has 89 routes ran this year, which is number four ranked. Um, obviously, that's good for his PPR upside. Oh, sorry, excuse me. That's uh, ranked number six. But regardless, I think if you uh, are in a tight spot and you want to take a flyer on Ramondre, I think now is the time to do it against Las Vegas, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll see some production out of him. Mm. I like that play. Mm-hmm. I feel like the buy low candidate, you could trade Ramondre for a bag mm-hmm. of chips, essentially. Yeah, you Patriots could. offense mm-hmm. is just pathetic. It's brutal. And uh, this school is full of Patriots and Giants fans, and I want to <laughs> see the school a little bit more lively. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of brutal. Agreed. All right, coming to our sits for the week, got, got a bit of a hot take, and I'm sorry, Max, just I'm just fading your fantasy team even more. It's Brees Hall, <laughs> RB20 on the year, coming off amazing game against the Broncos, but it's the Broncos. They yep. are the worst rush defense in the league. They are just, they're brutal, let up Devon, let up Raheem run all over them, and now he plays Philadelphia. And that's not going to happen again. Philadelphia against Kyron Williams, Kyron at seven points. Brian Robinson had 13 points, which I think with a touchdown, so that's kind of uh, fluky. And Rashad White had seven points. Even against top running backs, Philadelphia does not let up very many points. And let's be honest, the Jets are not going to be winning this game and controlling the clock with running the ball. I think Brees Hall does not get to 15 carries. I think it's going to be Zach Wilson trying to throw the ball and probably failing to throw the ball. And I think it's a pretty comfortable Eagles win, and Brees Hall gets under 10 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I'll move on next. This is a pretty also very hot take. Um, but coming up this week, I got my sit as uh, Austin Eckler. Um, first game back after injury, sideline for several weeks. Uh, he's going up against a very strong Dallas front seven, who did just a uh, Dallas defense to just have a very bad game against the Niners. However, they have um, stopped elite running backs such as Saquon to 50 yards, uh, Ramondre to only 30 yards, and 64 yards total uh, to, the, to the entire Jets offense. Um, I see this being a pass-heavy game for the Chargers. Um, they have a lot of weapons on the outside, such as Keenan and Quinton Johnston. Um, and overall, don't see Eckler having a large, uh, large snap share um, coming back and going against Dallas his first week back. Um, I don't think it's a favorable matchup for him. I could see him finding the end zone once, but I don't think he's getting more than 60 rushing yards. I like that. I like that. Um, So my sit for this week is Jerry Judy. Um, So he only got three receptions against the Commanders on Thursday night. I understand that it is a short week and sometimes things are up in the air and you don't play as well as you want to. Um, but three, three receptions for 25 yards is really not encouraging. Uh, he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, now he's facing the Chiefs defense, which ranks fifth in the NFL in yards per attempt at 5.5. Uh, and Washington ranked 28th at 7.5. So I don't see him facing a better defense um, with a hamstring injury, having a bounce back game. So I would say sit Jerry Judy. Okay. I like that. And for our last set of this segment, I'm going with Rashad White. Uh, the Bucks are 3-1, and one, and White is averaging just about 8.3 points and only has one touchdown. So although they're 3-1, although they're it doesn't seem like Rashad White is a very big part of the game plan over there in Tampa Bay. 
And they're facing the Lions, who uh, only have given up about 10.1 points on average to backs this year. And also, some things I found, the advanced metrics don't really like Rashad White either. Um, among 44 running backs with over 100 or more touches, White is ranked uh, 38th in yards per carry with 3.8, uh, 33rd in EPA per rush with negative uh, 0.11, 42nd in rates of runs for 10 or more yards, that's 6.6%, and 43rd in yards created after contact. So it doesn't seem like he's that explosive. Um, he's not making things happen after the catch or after, you know, the first tackler. So I'm saying sit him. I don't like him. And uh, hopefully you have a better option than Rashad White this week. Mm, I like that take. Playing the Lions last week, Miles mm -hmm. Sanders played the Lions. Mm -hmm. Certain somebody on this podcast told you to sit Miles Sanders. Did he, did he get one point? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he got that much. Lions not a defense. He wants to start a running back. Nope. Not against team you even want to face lately. Not at all. Yeah, yeah they are running through people. We got a new segment on the uh, the podcast. You know, Paul comes on, the Prez coming through. <laughs> he wants to share, share some picks with us. I what, what do. Are we doing in this segment. Um, so I was deciding between a couple names, but I'm gonna go with Grips's Green Lights. Mm -hmm. All right, love that. Love that. Um, should I start him off? Oh yeah, yeah. where are yeah, we, we putting our money? Awesome. Where, where are we betting? So. I am going to take the Cowboys' money line at minus 132 against the Chargers. Um, so the Cowboys are coming off a tough loss against the 49ers, um, but I think they'll be right back on pace after this game. Uh, the Chargers rank 27th in rushing attempts this season and rely heavily on their passing game. Um, the Cowboys rank second in the NFL for passing yards allowed. Uh, so unless the Chargers, who are 20th in rush yards this year, uh, incorporate the run into their game plan a lot more, uh, I don't see the Chargers coming out on top. Um, I definitely think it could be a close game, so I'm going to try to stay away from the spread. Mm -hmm. I think the spread was minus three. Mm -hmm. um, if it was like two and a half, I'd probably take it, but I'm going to stay away from the spread and take just the Cowboys' money line. Mm, I like that. It's a key number of three. You don't want to lose that number. Exactly. Um, my next lock is I'm going to take the Eagles' spread of minus seven against the Jets. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the Eagles will just be way too much against Zach Wilson. Yeah. Uh, and I do not think that he'll be able to really move the ball much. Maybe he'll get a couple drives. Um, I mean, the Eagles have given up a lot of yards through the air this year, um, but their run defense will definitely hold up. So I definitely agree with that sit of Brees Hall. Mm. Um, but they have given up a lot of pass yards, so I think Russell Wilson uh, can get some drives, but the pass rush will be too much, and Wilson will panic, throw some picks, um, and I expect the Eagles to run all over the all over the Jets with the um, with the running game. Uh, they rank second in offensive rushing yards, and the Jets' defense has given up the fourth most rushing yards in the league. So this is just a terrible matchup for the Jets. Um, I think they'll dominate the time of possession and just control the game completely. So I think minus seven uh, is just not enough mm. for the Eagles to beat them by. I mean, like they're gonna beat them by way more than seven. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, and my third lock is a parlay for anytime touchdowns. Mm -hmm. So I'm doubling down on Gabe Davis. I really do oh, think I he's going to score a touchdown against the Giants. Um, and then again, I'm going to double down on a DeAndre Swift touchdown against the Jets. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was looking at Drake London. I kind of like him. Um, and he scored a touchdown in every other game this week, uh, this year. So 
Uh, last week, he did not score a touchdown, so I'm taking Drake London to score a touchdown against the Commanders through, like, parlay for any time mm, touchdown. Okay. Nice. I like that. I like that. Some sharp plays. Yeah. Like the, the buy low on the Cowboys and sell high on the Jets. Yeah. You get value there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Welcome back. Welcome to the main event. Oh, <laughs> well, everybody's been waiting for this one what after it, a what inspires the, most, <laughs> the most profitable segment in sports media. Maybe of all time. Maybe of all time. It's Dots Locks, baby. <laughs> Coming off another 4 in one week. We wow. just don't let Doc get hot. Go. Don't let Doc get hot. <laughs> We're profitable on the year, up 0.8 units. Wow. It's impressive. We're, we're rolling. 0.8, yeah. Once again, sold Sunday Night Football, taking the under for a second straight week. <laughs> was 4-0 and going in. I was very excited and just completely got my heart broken by the Cowboys-Niners game. But we're back, and we're going 5-0. and And if we go 5-0, and you better tune into the podcast the next week. It will be an absolute spectacle. <laughs> and we started off, this is, this is a line that you're not betting right now. You're waiting until Sunday. It's Browns plus 6, but if you get this anywhere near 7, at 7.5 at or close, or anywhere near that, you're taking the Browns all day. I've already jumped on plus 6. If it gets to over 7, I'm jumping on it again. I'm doubling down. And listen, the NFL... It's four for four of the, you know, the it team, the team of the week, coming down and being humbled the next week. We started off, you know, week one, Lions, oh, they beat the Chiefs. Oh, my God, they're, they're unbelievable. And then the Seahawks beat them at home the next week. And then the Cowboys, week two, you know, they kill the, kill the Giants. And then they lose to the Cardinals. And Dolphins, week three, drop 70 points. Oh, my God, greatest offense ever. Oh, no, they lose to Buffalo, 48-20, to 20, get killed. And then, oh, Buffalo, it's 48-20. to 20. Oh, my goodness, like, could they win the AFC? Oh, wait, no, they lose to the Jaguars and choke. And the Niners are definitely the it team this week. They're 5-0 and against the spread, and that is not something that will be meant. That's not something you can keep up. That and they're playing. They're playing the Browns. And this defense is top tier. It is excellent. And this AFC North, it's up for grabs. Like every single team is three and two or two and three. The Browns are two and two, but you know they've got their bye week. And I think they will play with an urgency that the Niners will not reciprocate. This game is in Cleveland. I think, you know, I said it last week, and I could could be wrong again. Brock Purdy pumpkin game. It is coming. I do not oh, believe. Him. I do not <laughs> believe in Brock Purdy. He's the guy. He's, he's, is not, the guy. he's not the guy. How I'm can you not believe? Listen. Just because you're a salty uh, Patriots fan and we have Mac Jones and they listen, have Brock Purdy, you wish you had Brock Purdy. I wish I had Brock Purdy. So do Brock I. Purdy. But listen, this Cleveland defense is going to come after him. And Deshaun Watson. This is pretty sneaky. Coming off a double bye week, he just skipped the Ravens game. He had like a negligible <laughs> and just skipped it. And then had the bye week right after that, and I feel like he's well-rested. He'll be ready to go. I think this Browns team, they're going to treat this as their Super Bowl. I think Browns could win this outright. I'm taking Browns plus six, first pick. Second is that your, pick. Is that your gross pick of the week? That's uh, pretty gross, not going to lie. This next <laughs> pick, it's just as gross. Oh, okay. Taking the Colts <laughs> plus four with or without Anthony Richardson, and I'm pretty sure it's guaranteed without. I think he's yeah, on think IR. Put, yeah, he pretty sure he's on IR. And this is all about Jacksonville, really. Coming off two weeks in London, it's unprecedented. No team has ever played two weeks in London and come back. But teams that have played London and come back, it is not a good track record. I think it's tough to come back to the U.S. after 10-plus days, maybe 11, 12 in London. And I think Minshew is not a big downgrade from Anthony Richardson. He has He's totally probably agree. a top-five backup in the NFL. I As a backup, yeah. As a backup, top five backup. I think Anthony Richardson, a little more mistake-prone. And I think Mamichi's already had access, like has already had uh, experience, I should say. He's already played against the Texans and controlled that game, made sure no mistakes were made. And I think he's going to do the same thing in this game. 
Colts also, like, do they have the best one-two punch in the NFL? Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor? No, Zach Moss. Let's wait on that. Jonathan yeah. Taylor has the <laughs> Exactly. That's, fair. that's understandable, but, I mean, Zach Moss are running all over people. I do like me some Zach Moss. And, I mean, I think these two combined for 30 carries. I think one of these two. If JT's good, then it's JT. But if it's Moss, I mean, I'm comfortable with Moss, too. He has proven that he can be a amazing running back. I think the Colts can win this game outright. It's in Indianapolis. I'm taking the Colts. Plus four. And our last pick, you know, we're only doing three picks of Dots Locks on the Pods because we're going to have to check out the rest of life at Fairfield Sports Analytics page. Let's go. Check it out. Yeah, check, it out. check it out. 100% check it out. All our articles there. Huge plug. Check out all the, all, the, all the articles there. Our last pick, me and Prez, we have the same mindset here. Let's Eagles, go. Eagles minus six. And listen, this line is already up to seven. We, we sniped it at six. It's tough, but I'm taking this up to – if it, I'm taking it – I'm not taking it eight and a half. Everything else I'm taking it at – and I think we have not seen the best of Philadelphia yet. They got two new coordinators in the offseason. I think these first five games have literally just been, like, glorified practices for them. They're just getting into the offense, getting in the defense, both, you know, really settling in. And I think they finally, after five weeks, I think they're more and more comfortable. I think they're, this is probably the peak, and then they kind of plateau off from here. This is kind of like the level they'll be at. And... I just think they're going to destroy the Jets. Sell high spot here. Yeah. They beat the Broncos. whoop de doo Congrats. <laughs> like, I think it was an emotionally taxing game. Like, you know, remember, there's a reason I picked the Jets to win that game. They, Sean Payton's comments, they were all ready to go. I mean, you saw you saw all those clips on Instagram. You saw House of Highlights. Like, oh, you know, Robert Sala beats Sean Payton. Like, all this, after all the comments. And I think the Jets are going to try to run the ball and miserably fail. I'm linked. This is the Brees Hall sit with the Eagles minus six. Totally correlated. I think Brees Hall does nothing. I think Zach Wilson becomes Zach Wilson. He's not that <laughs> yeah. good. He turns back and to himself. he's back into the pumpkin, Zach Wilson. And I think that this is an easy, I think it's a 14-point Eagles win. I think they control the game the whole way. It's not a fun watch. I don't think this is a very good game. No. And I think this is easy. Eagles minus six. And listen, I said you got three picks, but, you know, a fourth, you know, it doesn't have to be football. Listen, there's some boxing going on this <laughs> oh, weekend. Oh, man. There's My some boxing God. going on this weekend. The prime card, some would say. And I know, personally, our room, February 204, we are very excited for February. this event. 201. 201, sure. <laughs> we are very excited for this event. Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis, KSI versus Tommy Fury. We are watching this, and of course we're betting on it. I call this one the prime lay. We're laying Logan Paul money line, and listen, this, these odds are terrible for Logan Paul money line, but there's, there's a reason why. Dylan Dennis, this is a crazy stat. You know, he's a fighter. You know, he's an he's, he's MMA star. He has thrown zero punches in his MMA career. He has six fights. He has thrown zero punches. He is not going to be comfortable in a boxing ring with anybody. He's not going to be comfortable in a boxing ring with me. He's not <laughs> oh, a good. Okay. He's not Call a good boxer. Dots money line. Dylan Danis. Dylan Danis on the pod. Listen, hopefully he doesn't come back for my fiance. Listen, he what, what he cannot. Where you engaged? He cannot throw a punch. Dylan Danis does not have a team. He cannot deal with this lawsuit. And that is going to be in the back of his head, because Logan Paul is going to take all of his money in this lawsuit. Dylan Dennis, if he loses this fight, it is over for him. So that's leg one. It's like minus 450. It's free. And the second leg, we're taking KSI versus Tommy Fury over four and a half rounds. So the reasoning here, KSI has fought, I think, five times? or Yeah, five times. Logan Paul twice, and then three just trash cans. Like, absolutely garbage fighters. Joe Fournier was a gambler who pretended to box... Um, face temper, like who is that? He's not good. And then he fought two people in one night. One was a fake professional boxer, and one was a rapper. 
like, listen, we're throwing those fights out. And in KSI's two fights with Logan Paul, the two fights that really his hardest fights and Logan Paul's pretty close. I mean, Tommy Fury and him, both huge guys, both not a lot of power. And the, both of those went to decision. I personally couldn't find the leg to betting decision, couldn't find those odds, but we'll take over four and a half. I think this fight ends in a Tommy Fury decision victory, but it doesn't matter because I could I could see a case I knock out, but I'm not seeing it under four and a half rounds. I'm pairing those two, minus 111 odds. Take it, free money, double your money. Ooh. While we explore the data and analytics behind sports, our discussions on sports betting are for informational and entertainment purposes only. Always gamble responsibly and within the law of your jurisdiction. Any betting decision you make are solely your responsibility. All right, and uh, with that, we're going to conclude this fourth installment of our podcast. As always, guys, if you do enjoy this, please show us some love on the Instagram. Definitely. Uh, any comments, questions, or things you'd like to see, just uh, don't be afraid to shoot the club an email, and uh, we appreciate any of your feedback. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you. Thanks, thanks for having me.